Hi, and welcome to the Writing and Marketing Show brought to you by author Wendy H. Jones. This show does exactly what it says on the tin. It's jam-packed with interviews, advice, hints, tips and news to help you with the business of writing. It's all wrapped up in one lively podcast, so it's time to get on with the show. And welcome to episode 119 of the Writing and Marketing Show with author, entrepreneur, Wendy H. Jones. And today I'm going to be talking to you about newspaper archives and how you can use them to bring your manuscript to life, how you can use them for historical research. I am absolutely blown away by how much you can do, but more of that soon. This episode is actually coming to you live from Antigua, and I apologise that it's slightly late this week, but uh, as I'm in Antigua and I've been working extremely hard um, doing uh, art research, and I really have been out all day, every day doing research, I completely forgot that Wednesday bypassed me, um, and I just have to apologise for that. Things happen, I'm on Antigua time, and the podcast is on Antigua time here. The other thing I have to say is you might actually hear the waves in the background. It's quite a wild day today, and although we've had, a, I've had an amazing, amazing time, um, and the sun's been shining brightly, we've got two days of rain apparently, which is a good thing because Antigua needs the rain. I've discovered that Antigua is a, an island which uh, doesn't have any natural water and they they rely on um, rainwater uh, for everything. So the Antiguan people are extremely happy about the rain, so I'm happy for them. And it does give me time to do this podcast, but you will hear the waves crashing on the beach because the room I'm in, which happens to be my uh, my bungalow in the uh, Caribbean, is like five metres from the beach. Uh, so, and you can hear the waves very loudly and it's lovely. They rock you off to sleep, but they may be not quite so good for a podcast. So, um, what has been happening in my life? Well, I've been in Antigua, as I said, and I've been to Nelson's Dockyard. I've had a chat to a lovely chap called, um, Dr. Chris, and he is an archaeologist and he's given me um, a lot of uh, information about uh, Antigua during the 1840s, which is what I'm interested in. And he ha- we've arranged a private tour for next week of the actual dockyard. And that was amazing. I've been to the archives a couple of times. I've been to the museum in Antigua. And I have to say a huge shout out to all the uh, people in Antigua who have bent over backwards to help me They've been absolutely amazing Um, and I've got so much information. Collating it is going to be um, not a nightmare, it's going to be fun, but it is going to be hard work, I will say that. Um, So before I get on to the actual show, I would like to say that it's an absolute pleasure to bring you this show every week. I do so willingly and I... um, enjoy doing it. However, it does take time out of my writing. And if you would like to support that time, then I would be very grateful. You can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash Wendy H. Jones and supporting me for just uh, $3 a month. And that's the price of a tea or coffee per month. And I would be very grateful. If you don't feel that you can uh, support me on an ongoing basis, then um, perhaps you would like to do it uh, just as a one-off. If you go to my website, wendyhjones.com, you can click on buy me a coffee and just do it for a one-off price of a coffee. And I would be extremely grateful. And it would let me know that you're enjoying the show. So what of researching newspapers? Well, when I turned up um, at the archives, I'd arranged in advance, but I hadn't arranged a time and they were absolutely amazing. 
and they looked up all the things that they could do um, for me to get me information about uh, Antigua in the 1940s and they did an amazing job. But one of the things that happened was they actually came up with um, the newspapers of the time. Now, one thing I fast learned is that they don't actually have um, anything digitized on the net or anything like that that you can get access to. It's all on microfiche. So they are digitized, but they're on microfiche. They've got very few of the original newspapers and the ones they do have, the, the book that they gave me to look through to see what I needed, actually had on it that it was... Um, fragile the the paper copies they've got are very fragile and i think that's probably because of the humidity the um the type of heat you get here um the difficulty in keeping it at a certain temperature i'm not sure but all the originals they've got are extremely extremely fragile so i didn't actually get to put my hands on any of the originals but I did manage to get them on microfiche. And they brought out the microfiche uh, machine. They put it on my desk. And I was able to look through um, several years of the um, the paper I've been looking at is the weekly register, the Antigua Weekly Register. Now, this was absolutely fascinating. I'm looking at it from 1939 and, uh, not 19, sorry, 1839, 1840. And I was looking at all them. And you get a real feel for what life was like in those days. And the, I'll get into this, but the Antigua Weekly Register was more than just a local newspaper. It was a lot more than a local newspaper. And I'll explain all this in a moment. So the first thing you see on the first two pages are ads, completely ads, ads for different things. Now, one of them was for sale, light American uh, Payton, uh and that was a way of travel. So it told me what they were using, what the actual transport, one of the types of transport that was in Antigua at that time, just from the advert. Um, and I got, they didn't give prices. People don't say how much things are. They just say it's for sale. And I assume you went and you went and entered into discussion about um, the price if you were interested. And it told you the name of the person and where they could you could find them on the island. But it's not a big island. So I think if you just had the name, people would know anyway. Um, and I found out as well that in 1939, there was a, uh, sorry, 1839, there was a Wesleyan mission. Now, the Wesleyan Mission were actually selling their premises. And this is fascinating. I mean, first of all, I get a feel for the religion of the um, colony at the time. It was a colony. I'm not saying that um, lightly. It was a colony. But they had Wesleyans. They also had uh, Moravians and um, Church of England. And But I found out about the Wesleyan from an ad in the newspaper saying they were selling their premises. Now, I don't know whether they were selling because they were leaving the island, they were selling because they needed bigger premises, they were selling because they wanted premises in a different way. And this has given me a research topic to look at. Now, I might not need to know all of that for my book because my chap was obviously on a, a ship. He may have been here for a certain amount of time. That wouldn't have been an issue but it may be something I need to think about or it could give me ideas for articles or short stories or anything like that, poetry even. Um, and so the things in the newspapers can give you ideas as well. Now, the other thing there was, was there was an advert. What they did was they put in an advert saying that somebody had um, fresh beef. So the advert was for sale of fresh beef to British forces, including Her Majesty's ships, 
Victoria and uh, the uh, Theone, um, and that was an advert for it. And they were saying that they could come and they could buy the fresh beef for the ships. And I was fascinated by that because this is how the ships found out that things were for sale through adverts in the newspapers. So the, the ships would have got the newspapers in when they were there. So that tells me 100% that's what would have happened. And also the troops that were up in the garrison up at Shirley Heights would have found out about um, the sale from the newspapers. I mean, to be honest, you'd think they'd just go up there and tell them, we've got this for sale, but now it went in the newspapers. Um, there was also an advert for flour for the troops and ships. So they got their... Um, they got their their provisions through adverts. And this sort of thing lets me know what they were interested in. Flour, obviously, for bread and also um, beef. They needed protein and fresh beef would have been a would have been something they'd want um, because they would have been on a ship with no access to anything fresh for many weeks. Um, and they used the word colony all through the actual um, all through the the newspaper, the word colony was used. So that's what would have been used in that day. So saying colony now sounds a bit, what's the word I'm looking for? It sounds a bit like uh, you're taking over. But in those days, that's what it was called. So I need to remember that for my um, book that they were going to the colonies. Um, I found out that lectures were given at Cravefriars Church. You got the shipping intelligence, so you knew what ships were coming in and out. But the thing that really fascinated me was um, the newspaper itself, when they got the newspapers in from Britain, would then report the British news and the American news. And that really fascinated me, the fact that it was American as well as British news that was reported in these newspapers. So I could find out, because my chap then went on to America, he was there as well, and I found out what was actually um, important in America and um, Britain and the West Indies at that time. Because they didn't just cover, although it was the uh, Antiguan Weekly Observer Register, they didn't just cover um, Antigua. They covered um, the whole of the West Indies. So you got news from Trinidad, Barbados, St. Kitts, all of the other islands. You got news um, so that tells me, you'd think in those days the world wasn't connected quite as much as it was now, but it was. People still wanted to know what was happening in America, what was happening in Britain. But you've got to bear in mind it took weeks for these newspapers to get out to um, Antigua. So the news wasn't fresh. It would have been like in the end of January or February, they'd be reporting the news from November and December from the UK or from America. It wasn't fresh, but it was fresh to them. Things may have moved on there, but you got an idea of um, everything that was happening around that was important to the Brit to Britain. That That's what we need to know. It was what was important to the British Empire. That was where you got the news from. So you got news from India as well. Um, so anywhere the British Empire was, anywhere the colonies, you absolutely got the news from there. And America, because obviously Britain was still quite tied up with America, even though America had a president, you got the entire president's address from America, the entire president's address that they'd given. And um, 
it was written down there. So you found out what was happening in America then. And this would tie into what my chap was doing because he would be very, um, he would need to know what was happening because the, okay, he was a doctor. He might not need to know quite so much, but he did because he went, um, he would need to know what was happening to keep track of what he might be doing, where the ship might be going, things like that. So it brought news from everywhere. Um, you got news from the New York Express, the Montreal Herald. Um, for example, I found out there was unrest on the frontiers in Canada. So the unrest, the troops had to be sent there. So I found out a lot of military history from the newspaper of the time. Um, they got communications from New York everything like that. Then the other food that they got, I was absolutely fascinated by this. And I would not have realized this if I hadn't gone and looked at the archives, the newspaper archives, what they actually ate in the colonies and then on the ships in those days. Now, they could put in tenders for rice, muscovado sugar, cocoa, coffee, salmon, herring, um, the herring came from Scotland, so my chap would, would want Scottish herring. He would be used to it. Um, what else did they do? Um, where are we? I'm looking now through my um, my notes. Um, they had a lot of... Um, uh, there was flour. There was also different types of bread. That fascinated me. And you could actually get navy bread. And I had no clue that Navy bread even existed. And I was in the Navy. I was in the Navy for um, six years. Obviously, we didn't get our own bread then. The, the cookhouse got it from, um, the galley got it from, um, you know, Tesco's or somewhere. I don't know where they got it from, but it wasn't Navy bread. But they actually had Navy bread. Um, what else did they have? They had um, pickles, a lot of pickles. Ox and pig's tongues, cheeses. They had um, Bristol tripe. They had pink truckle and Gloucester cheeses. They got butter in. They got ling fish in. Um, they, as I say, they got loch fine herrings from Scotland. And they got hams. They got mustards. They got split peas, fresh salmon, raspberries and strawberry, raspberry and strawberry jam, blackcurrant jelly, uh, Hodgson and Abbott's uh, Pale Ale and Stationery. Now, Stationery would have been extremely important to my chap because he wrote letters to everybody. So I can put in that he went to buy Stationery in Antigua. Um, I mean, I think he spent uh, some time, some weeks here because they would have been um, uh, doing stuff here, yeah? Um, but I got to find out about the position of the whites and the Negroes, even though, and I say Negroes because that's what they called them then. Please don't take offence if you're black now. Um, but that was what was in the newspapers. But even though emancipation had happened in 1934, long before my chap got here, the slaves were free. Were, slaves were free. It was just that um, the position was still um, very precarious. And um, so I found that out from the newspaper. Um, I also uh, found out that the flower would keep for three months after it was delivered, which was amazing. Um, and also I got news of Queen Victoria's announcement of her engagement to Prince Albert. But it took three months to get to the colonies. So they'd been engaged three months before. And it was actually Queen Victoria's letter, the whole letter written out that she'd written to say that she got um, 
engaged to um, Albert. And I found that fascinating. And again, that's things they would talk about in the officer's mess on board the ship. It's things they'd be talking about on the island. And I can just give it a real local flavour with things like that. Um, They talked about the police on the island. So I knew that they had a police force. So that's something I might need to look into. Did they have a police, police on the ship? Did they have naval police on the ship? If not, did the local police have to deal with things on the ship or did the captain do it? These are things I can look at. You know, um, I found out that there was um, uh, an outbreak of um, cholera um, or an infectious disease. Sorry, I don't know if it was cholera. An infectious disease on one of the other islands. Um, and obviously that island was in quarantine. So the ship couldn't have stopped there because there were other islands they stopped at as well. The ship couldn't have stopped there. Obviously, they were trying to be um, very careful so it didn't come into Antigua. So that would stop their movements. Um, They also had a house of correction in Antigua and the house of correction was very up to date. They tried to rehabilitate prisoners even back in the 1800s and that fascinated me as well. They had a post office here, so the stamps. Now, I I am absolutely beside myself with excitement here and because I actually have a lot of the his envelopes that he put his letters in in my house and they have the original stamps on and I might have stamps that were put in the post office in Antigua they were put on the the, um, actual stamp and posted back to the UK and I now have those stamps in my um in my house in Dundee in Scotland, and I'm absolutely blown away by that. You know, two hundred, almost 200 years worth of history, and I'm now here where, in the place where he might have put the stamp on. And it just, to be honest, that fascinates me. The other things they had in the, um, um, in the newspaper, they actually had short stories. So it would have been entertainment as well as educational. So it would have been entertainment. Um, it also would have been, um, you know, they had poems in there. Now, again, I'm looking to see if my chap actually put any poems in the newspapers because he was a poet. And again, if he did, I'll be blown away. So those sorts of things. But I'm getting a real feel for life in Antigua during the time, in the in the world at the time, just through sitting and looking through these archives that I can't look anywhere else. Um I have been going other places as well, but I just wanted to talk to you uh, today about how you can use the archives to get a, a the, the newspaper archives to get a better flavour of what you can what was happening at the time because we think we know, but we don't know. We really don't know, and I couldn't have done that if I hadn't come here because it was on microfish, and that's the microfiche. That was the only way you could do it, and. Um, as I say, the amount of research I've got. Now, the next time I go, they're going to get a load of maps out of the area at the time. So I will get a real feel for that um, as well by using their archives and their maps and everything like that. Now, the people in the archives could not have done enough for me. They couldn't have done enough for me. They've been amazing, amazing, amazing. They've given me a lot of information. I've got other information as well. And although that might not feed into my novels, how it can help you otherwise, I'm, a, I'm the president of the Scottish Association of Writers. And for the first time, 
Apparently, there was no reason why the president shouldn't have been entering the competitions, but apparently you can. So a lot of what I've read here, whether it's about Britain, whether it's about America, whether it's about um, the West Indies, I can use that for short stories. I can use it for um, poetry. I can use it for the non-fiction articles. I could use it for a non-fiction book. You know, so you can use this. You can use it for flash fiction. Everything you're learning will help to move you forward as an author. And it is well worth looking at the newspapers. Now, obviously, you're probably sitting there thinking, hey, Wendy, I don't want to come across to uh, Antigua and look at, um, you know, archives. I can't afford to do that. I don't want to go all that way. Do you know what? A lot of things are online. A lot of what's happening is online now. Behind a paywall, I might add, um, you might have, there, there are a lot of different um, newspaper archives you can use. Um, and do a quick search and you will find them. There's Google newspapers, they're free, and you can actually find things from all over the world there. And then you've got the British Library have um, digital um, access to digital newspapers, as does the um, the the National Library of Scotland, um, and there'll be places where you are. I'm actually going to go and look at the um, digital uh, newspapers in the archives in the Library of Congress when I'm in America later this year. I'm also going to look at the uh, New York Public Library um, archives, newspaper archives. Now, I have... I actually have a reader card for both those places, the National Library of Congress and um, the New York Public Library, but they're out of date because of COVID. So I've no longer got online access. You need to be there to sign up to actually get a reader card in a, enable, to enable you to sign up for uh, to get access to their digital newspapers because most digital new, newspapers are behind paywalls. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to that as well. And the amount of information you can get, and then you can, you can, what you have to do is cross-reference it. So I'm not just sitting here in archives looking at digital newspapers. I'm looking at other papers as well. But then I can actually cross-reference it with going to the various places like Nelson's Dockyard, like, um, I think it's Fort George, like um, all the different um, military installations that are here, Shirley Heights, um, the governor's residence, things like that, the museum. You can cross-reference all of this and you get an absolutely, if your feet aren't on the ground, guys, you're not going to get the whole picture, which is why I'm here and doing it from here. Um, but you can get a lot from doing it from your own country and using the digitized uh, newspapers that are online and the archives. And you can go back as far as newspapers exist. Um, a lot of the newspapers in Antigua didn't really start until the 1800s. Some of them were later. So I'm limited in what I can get access to that way. But there's still a phenomenal resource, a phenomenal, phenomenal resource. And you find out just how early newspapers do start. And... Um, I'm going to talk to you about going to the museum um, another time because the museum, again, are phenomenal. And they also have archives. Again, archives of books and papers that you cannot access unless you've got boots on the ground, as they say. And I'm going to be going there next week. They're going to give me access to all their archives. And I'm going to be able to look at a lot about the history of Antigua and the his naval history in Antigua in the 19th century. So, guys, what I would say to you is, if you can get a trip abroad to do this, do it. It's absolutely 100% um, doable. I have to say thank you 
to the Society of Authors who funded this trip for me. And I would not have all this knowledge if I hadn't come out here. So thank you to the Society of Authors for the grant they gave me. If you want to apply for a grant, I do have a podcast uh, on that. Applying for a Society of Authors grant is well worth listening to because I have got so much information already and I've still got another week to go. So guys, uh, go to the digital newspapers locally or go to the digital newspapers. If you can get a, a, a visit, do it. It's absolutely worthwhile. And the newspapers have a wealth of information about everything and everyone you could possibly, possibly need to know. Um, I'm going to finish by giving you one little thing that I found. My chap, Thomas Graham, wrote to the Duke of Wellington. And there's a whole bit in the newspaper about the Duke of Wellington and he was ill, and he, the reports were that he was dying. It turns out that he wasn't dying. He just was fatigued and had taken to his day, bed for a day to rest. And he, um, everybody thought he was dying because he'd gone to bed because he never did that. So they thought the end was nigh. And I would not have found that out if I hadn't come to Antigua and looked up the um, microfiche newspapers. And it's a link to my chap, Thomas Graham, who would have been glad to know that uh, the Duke of Wellington wasn't dying. So I'm going to leave you with that and have a great week. And I'll be back next week with another uh, podcast. Thank you for time and enjoy your week of reading and writing. That brings us to the end of another show. It was really good to have you on the show with me today. I'm Wendy H. Jones and you can find me at wendyhjones.com. You can also find me on Patreon where you can support me for as little as $3 a month, which is less than the price of a tea or coffee. You go to patreon.com forward slash wendyhjones. I'm also Wendy H. Jones on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and Pinterest. Thank you for joining me today and I hope you found it both useful and interesting. Join me next week when I will have another cracking guest for you. Until then, have a good week and keep writing, keep reading and keep learning.